top of the morning, lads and ladies. Support for the Off the Irish podcast is now brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels, and you'll no longer need the look of the Irish with the ladies. Make every day feel like St. Patrick's Day for your balls with Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code IrishPod at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped and use code IrishPod. Use the right tools for the job and trim your pant potatoes. And welcome back. How's everyone getting on? Getting on good. Get so, round, boy. Fuck, bye. Um, so today we're joined by Michael Malamphy. Uh, Michael, how about you introduce yourself? Sure. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, my name is Michael Mick Malamphy. Uh, I'm an actor. I live here in New York uh, from Cork and Dublin originally. Um, I play Sean McGuire in a very well-known video game called Red Dead Redemption 2. And the lads reached out to me about a week ago and said, any chance of a chat? I said, no. And then they said, we have a podcast. And I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> so there I am. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's been fun trying to get this to happen because uh, you know, at the start, I wasn't sure if you were you know, putting on that accent for Red Dead 2 mm-hmm. or you were actually Irish. But, you know, finding out that you were Irish-born like ourselves, um, you know, however you feel about it, it just kind of made you feel better because it's like, okay, we can definitely relate to this guy more. Um, so, yeah, you're an actor at the moment. Yeah. Um, you haven't always been an actor. Mm-hmm. Maybe acting the mech. Um, <laughs> acting the maggot a little bit. Yeah. Well, I, I think, actually, I think I have always been an actor. I am, I, at a very young age, my grandmother, Malamphy, came in Amphi, my on my dad's side, used to bring me to the Cork Opera House for all the pantomimes and everything else. And she used to tell me, you could be up there someday. And um, at the age of 12, I was. I played the Artful Dodger in uh, the Irish Operatic Repertory Company's production of Oliver at the Cork Opera House, which actually, they stuck me on. There was a TV show before your time, I'm sure, lads. But there was a TV show on an RTE back in the day. Network 2, actually, it was on, uh, called Joe Maxi, which was right after The Den. And it was kind of like a TV show for teenagers. And um because of that one show at the Cork Opera House, Oliver, I ended up getting on there singing Consider Yourself as the Artful Dodger. So I've been an actor for a long time, but um, earning a living along the way has kind of meant that I've had to take a couple of breaks mm. here and there. Yeah. yeah. I talk, uh, talked to a fair amount of actors and they're always talking about there's the other side of it where there's the tough side of you have to, you know, bill to bill kind of pay, you know, that kind of gets tough. How do you mm-hmm. find that? Um, I mean, it's a fact of life, really. I mean, the, 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 thing about, the thing about acting as a career is you don't really realize you have a career until you kind of look back at the body of work you've done. Um, also, just the very nature of it is, believe it or not, actors are usually the, the lowest paid and the, and the last to get paid on gigs. Um, I'm sure there's lots of producers out there who would disagree. But, um, so, you know... When you, anytime, I think anytime you take a job in the arts or in sports, I mean, I know a lot of sports people as well, athletes, you know, they, they have to supplement it. Um, I always looked at acting as more of a vocation as opposed to a job, um, even though it's, it takes an awful lot of work. Um, so, you know, any kind of sacrifices you have to do along the way, it's all part of it. I think it makes you um, a better artist at the end of the day, because whether you're doing a podcast or whether you're on stage, you know, doing Sean O'Casey or whether you're doing motion capture for Red Dead Redemption 2, um, all of your experiences that you take with you through life kind of bleeds into what you're doing in your vocation, in your job there. So it's uh, it, it just, it's something that you accept, you know? Yeah, 
Well, I suppose we're getting into any field. You do have to supplement the income initially. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your first play isn't going to make you a millionaire. Sorry to, no. sorry, to hit, sorry to break it to you, folks. But, um, <laughs> you know, no. it, it does take time. It, it does take a lot of work. Um, unfortunately, or fortunately to some, it is also a factor of who you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but going back on, um, you were saying you did Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd say you're most well known for that. Yeah, probably. Um, that's the one. That's the that's my call. That's become my calling card now, um, and I, and I, I love it because the the work was absolutely brilliant. I mean, the fact that you know I got to kind of work with so many wonderful people, actors as well as like the directors on set, the animators. I mean, rock star in general. They just they don't mm. pull any punches when it comes to the talent that they hire. Um, that was that was the first kind of highlight of the gig for me because a lot of the gig was kind of surrounded in secrecy because of your NDAs and stuff. And obviously Rockstar, you know, they, they, they spend a lot of money on these things. And, you know, there's a certain veil of secrecy surrounding it that uh, surrounded the whole project that, you, that uh, is very important. Um, so to, when it eventually came out, it was, was quite a thrill. It was really a thrill just to see how well it was received across the world, you know. And when you see people in other parts of the world, like just who are really into it in ways that, people perhaps wouldn't see any of your TV work or certainly not your stage work because they're not in the same city as you. That was a, that was a massive thrill. Yeah. 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 You're seen by a global audience. People, um, I guess people are, sounds weird to say playing with you, um, or playing alongside <laughs> your character. Um, I used to say that I couldn't wait till the game came out so I could actually play with myself, you know, <laughs> but then um, I don't know. Is that allowed? Am I allowed to say that? Oh, you can say whatever you like. Yeah. Well, you actually touched on something there a minute ago, guys. You were talking about like you know what it is to be Irish, and um, I do think Rockstar did a fantastic job of uh, you know working with artists and actors who had a really solid idea of what who their characters were, even though you know we weren't kind of given an awful lot about the backstory of our characters. It was kind of when you go, you you pretty much get a script twenty four hours in advance, and then you shoot it, and. Um, they, they really did this. They spared no kind of um, expense trying to just work with people who really kind of understood who the characters were. And that's something that's actually been very important to me is that uh, the Irish characters in the game, like Molly O'Shea, for instance, and, uh, and Sean, of course, you know, that um, there's, there's, there's a bit of truth there because I think we do see an awful lot in, um, in the media. Uh, Irish people are kind of portrayed a certain way a lot of the time. And that was something that was very important to me to kind of swim against with Sean. Have you seen Even though it's animated, the trailer for what is it? Wild Mountain Time. I know, yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> I've avoided that at all cost. So um, yeah, it's kind of unfortunate. About it. Yeah, unfortunately, there's there's an audience for it. Well, not not unfortunately. It's great people are working, but um, I suppose there is an audience for certain movies, particular movies, and that's okay too, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, but um, it's, it's the Irish will not be part of the audience. No, no, I don't think so, no. no. We still yeah. have a friend Julia Roberts for Michael Collins, you know. <laughs> yeah. The Michael Collins movie was actually brilliant. I think that was a great way of portraying that, that guy. Love that was. Head. It was a great movie. Actually, I don't know if you saw The Treaty. The Treaty was another one that came out just before it. And uh, Brendan Gleeson actually played Michael Collins. That's yeah. a really interesting one to watch. Yeah, that was a great movie. Yeah. Probably not a bad watch. And he himself is a uh, big Mick. He's from... Uh, same place Come as you, Cork. Come on, neck of the woods, boy. Yeah, uh, out by Ben LeBlanc, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not a bad one. Actually, I have uh, a book about him. 
I've been digging into. Oh yeah, Michael Collins, Big, Big Mick, Big Mick. Yeah, some people love him. Some people absolutely despise him. I had school teachers who were on either side. Yeah, you'd go into one class and it was Michael Collins. You go into another class, it was Amy De Valera. So, yeah, I guess and I learned even, to be diplomatic. You know, yeah. <laughs> you, even family to family, it's uh, definitely mixed feelings. Yeah, but, that's um, actually, of course. Yeah, yeah, but portraying you know an Irish character in this time uh, in the Wild West, you know, I, I, I wouldn't be thinking of Irish lads out there, but realistically, they were. You know, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, you know, just gunslingers. I'm thinking of the old spaghetti western movies. But, um, you know, there's all sorts of people out there. The New World, everyone wanted a better life for themselves. And the best way to get it at the time was to head off statewards. Yeah. Um, well, the Irish, community, the Irish community were already established at this point in, uh, in terms of the real history. You know, I mean, the majority, a lot of Irish people came over during, obviously, during the famine and stuff like that in the 1840s and then afterwards. So, I mean, you know, Irish accents wouldn't have been uncommon um, in mm. the late 1890s at the turn of the century. And um, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, there was Irish fellas building the railroads alongside other immigrants, you know. Uh, yeah. So that's something about the game I really love is that whole just depiction of what was going on in America then, like with just this melting pot right at the time when it was boiling. I think that's something that's really interesting in the game, you know. Yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely unique because you don't, you don't think of these, these things. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing I love with any kind of historic game where they take people from this area and they kind of build a story of what's happening mm-hmm. um, kind of off, a little bit off topic but even the Assassin's Creed games they did something similar like they'll, put, they'll give you a character from a certain uh, time and they'll educate the fuck out of you about that time yeah, yeah. Um, with some like creative freedom like obviously they, they didn't actually they weren't real you know but uh, yeah well, but I mean, that's what, but isn't that what art is supposed to do? Whether it's film or whether it's TV, whether it's going to a gallery or listening to music, I mean, art is supposed to inspire and supposed to kind of, you know, feed that creative and curious, curious nature that we have. So, I mean, yeah, if you're playing a video game and all of a sudden you're compelled to kind of, you know, start watching spaghetti westerns or start reading about Manifest Destiny in the United States in the 1800s, then, it, then the art has served its purpose, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, that's why I feel very strongly that video games are just as legitimate forms of art as theatre and as film, especially now that, you know, we, we can't go out, we can't go to sports stadiums, we can't go, go to theatres. Yeah. So people are consuming video games. And that's, uh, yeah, man, if it feeds that curious nature, that's a good thing. You bring up a really good point there about video games and how people don't really, still today, don't see them as highly... Uh, on the same level as like movies, for, for mm-hmm. sake, you know. But at the same time, you have some great games. You have, you know, the Red Dead games. Mm-hmm. You have the new Spider-Man game. You got all these great games that even story-based ones great like Detroit stories. Become Human. You know, it's yeah. it's amazing, really. And the whole interactive part of it as well feeds into that as well. It makes it, I think, it makes it more fun. You know. Well, I I agree with you. I also there's I've spoke to people about this how people have asked what my experience of Red Dead was. And I have to say, in terms of working on it, it was, uh, it was closer to working in theater than it was to any TV or little bits of film I've done because you got to kind of bond with um, your fellow cast members in certain ways. You got to kind of know them as people outside the game, but also within the game, you got to kind of really see their, their work and the, the characters that they were kind of portraying. And um, it was also very theatrical just in terms of the work itself, like the people we worked with, our directors like Rod Edge 
Like they, they really, they had a great understanding of who the characters were. So, you know, every day you'd come to work, it felt like all these scenes that we were shooting were actually like little mini plays. Um, again, because there wasn't really any cameras on us. We were surrounded by cameras as, as you're shooting it in motion capture. So you do actually feel like you're playing to an, an audience. You know, we had like a bunch of people who were working there as the crew and that was our audience. And it, it definitely felt like a much more impersonal and kind of theatrical kind of a situation as opposed to working on a film set where you're just kind of handed a script and yeah. you're there because you looked the part, you know? Yeah. Uh, thankfully with video games, they can kind of change how you look. Oh, no, it wasn't being a, wasn't being mean. Like, no, you can play any role because they can change your face. Of course, yeah, of course. When I was told when I was told that I got that they they were interested me for the part, I was like, well, who who's the character? And like, well, he's a guy. He's like in his mid to early twenties. I'm like, guys, I'm, I'm almost forty. Yeah. <laughs> am I am I right for this? And they're like, no, no, they've got a way of making you look younger. But <laughs> then eventually, I realized it was a video game. It's like, okay, but but that's so handy for actors now. They can make you look younger. Yeah, they can make you true. look older as well. That's true. And, yeah. You know, that just means you've like a way bigger range. You can play mm. anything. So we were talking earlier about, um, you know, what work is available to people. There's a lot more now. So no excuses, lads. But uh, <laughs> even, even if you, did you see The Irishman? Robert De Niro? I did, yeah. I saw The Irishman, yeah. Not, not that lad. who called himself Robert De Niro at the start of this chat. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, like how they de-aged him was insane. I know, right? I've seen people do it even more. Like they make him look like he did in Goodfellas mm-hmm. um, using deep fake. Well, you know, it's, it's impressive what they can do now. Yeah, uh, it he, is. I mean, it's, it's, it's a bit of a double-edged sword for actors, especially at the moment. And um, one problem we have is, well, it's a problem I have, I guess. Um, I'm not very good when it comes to using my cell phone and recording myself and doing all the technical stuff. And that's how auditions are right now. So more and more, uh, people who are more adept at using technology and being able to do things like that. Now, um, it, it, it might be a little bit easier for them when it comes to auditions and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, technology is just kind of taking over so much more now that it's, uh, oh, yeah. it's, it's a great help, but it can also be a bit of a hindrance for a lot of actors who just aren't really, you know, savvy with the, with, with the, with the goods. Yeah, and it progresses so fast, it's hard to keep up. Very hard to keep up, you know. I'm, I've had a few auditions recently, and it's it's all self taping, and you you just do your best. You send it in, and I, I kind of think, you know, I've got my ring light and I've got my bit of equipment, but it, uh, it's 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 kind of difficult. But again, like we adapt, we have to figure it out, and it's, it's all good, you know. Yeah. F- funny, actually, was saying how to how to progress really fast. When when my mom was in college, and this this is a good few years ago, um, so when my mom was in college, she was studying. I'm like computers because mm-hmm. at, the, at the time you know they were being used in business a lot more so she did um it was like an add-on to uh financial crime prevention and they had these computers so she was like so ridiculously good at computers and now you know she was messaging me the other night asking how do i make a instagram collage and how do i send an email yeah. i thought she was kidding with the email but no yeah. <laughs> uh, she it wanted to bad. know how like the link uh, an image to a uh, email, oh, but, yeah. you know, it's it is. It's it, look at things have progressed very. She, she was trained to use these things, like yeah. for a number of years in college, and then they progressed so fast that someone who would be considered a, a trained professional with them, 
you know, didn't really know what to do with the modern stuff. Yeah. It's amazing, man. It just, it does. Everything just goes by really, really quickly in terms of technology. It's, it's hard to keep up with it all. I have a hard time. I, I do Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and that's it. I'm afraid to do anything else. Like people like do TikTok. I'm like, no. Are you on TikTok <laughs> dances yet now? No, no TikTok. You don't do them first now, yeah? No, no none of it. None of it. That's a Not shame, a bit of it. We're, we're saying. Bit of it. That's where your, market, your target market is, man, because you, yeah. I look for you, you up there. Is there really? I need to get on TikTok and start oh, doing some TikTok. Oh, my God. You, you. <laughs> I don't know, boy. I don't know. I did an Instagram live a few weeks ago for the first time, and it was the most nerve-wracking thing I ever did in my life. <laughs> did it go well? It went well, yeah, yeah. I sold a few photographs. Um, there was a, a really, really amazing artist up in Canada, Miss Durango Demon, um, she sent me some shots from the game. She, she's an amazing like game photographer. She's brilliant, gets mad stuff. And uh, another good friend of mine uh, at NATO Byte Art did a nice, um, a lovely picture of Sean McGuire as well. So again, what's really kind of interesting about these last few months with COVID, you know, everyone's at home now and people are coming up with ways to kind of share their art and do these mm. kind of online signings. So it's really been cool. Even what you're saying there with the... Uh like the video game photographer. Mm-hmm. I don't think that was a thing 10 years ago. No, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know if that was a thing five years ago. It probably but wasn't. It's, it's, it seems like a bit of a recent thing, but yeah, some people are just amazing at it. Mm. Mm. Oh, it's amazing what we can do now. Absolutely um, terrific. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, you, uh, you've moved on to the, uh, to the States. You've, uh, you've been living there a while. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not in backwards country like us. Uh, you know, no, I don't think Ireland is that backwards compared to a lot of what's going on over here. Yeah, no, in all fairness, Thomas had to move the cows out of the way to get to the recording studio, <laughs> and uh, I had to feed the sheep. But <laughs> um, yeah, get them out of the living room, Mike. Well, man, but, shut up and ask a question. <laughs> what's what's what's, what's like? Fairness, awfully isn't awfully isn't that back. Awfully isn't that backwards at all. Awfully's up there, no. isn't it? Awfully's a cool place to be, right? Oh, it's, it's actually one of the more boring ones. <laughs> <laughs> like no no seriously like the, are, is there a cinema in Offaly is one yeah, there's one oh, maybe is, there's yeah. two maybe I there was know. one in our town and then they got rid of it before years I was ago. born years ago yeah um, <laughs> that, that yeah no it's a uh, it's not, boring it's, it's the what would you call it it's like the what's the most boring state uh, <laughs> in America uh, let's the Dakotas. see boring state in America I'd say it would be I suppose North Dakota Wyoming. We're, probably, we're probably the North Dakota of, of Ireland then, yeah. 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 Uh, it unfortunately, you got all, the, all, the, all the movie cinemas here in New York are closed right now at the moment as well, so... Oh, that's rough. You've got a lot in common with us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I went to go see... Oh, what was it called again? Directed by Christopher Nolan. I went to go see his new film. When, I went to go see Tenant when it came out. Oh, was it? Was it good? Because the cinemas were out for the, the cinemas were open for like a month, so yeah. I went to go see that. You know, that oh, was all right. Now everybody was socially distanced, and then you could take off your mask when you were shoveling popcorn down your neck. But yeah, <laughs> it was all right, though. You know, sounds like a nice way to spend an old evening in Derry. Uh, yeah. Well, unfortunately, you <laughs> had to go to the next town over. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's a weird one here. But I was trying to say, <laughs> uh, so you you've emigrated to the states, and you've been there since two thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, a lot of Irish people did that a long time ago. What was it like for you doing it more recent times? Um, I, I was obviously, you know, emigrating two thousand. Ireland was doing okay. It was definitely getting better. There was a bit of an economic boom going on. I came over just to. I had a friend living over here in Queens uh, by the name of Joe Darcy, and um, we worked together at Eamon Doran's in Temple Bar for a couple of years. 
when I was in acting school in Dublin. And I just met a lot of people from New York and I just, I kind of had it in me to, even as a kid, when I was growing up in Cork, I always wanted to move to Dublin. And then when I got to Dublin, I wanted to kind of go to a bigger city. So I just came over on a vacation, on a holiday, and um, stayed with Joe for a month or two. And then I got a job, got a job in a little bar, and just it, the weeks turned into months, the months turned into years. And uh, 20 years later, here I am, still here, like, you know. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's funny, it's just kind of where you find yourself. Like I said, it's home. It's home to me. I love it. Um, it's got its ups and downs. You know, it's got its issues, and like anywhere else. But uh, the fact that it's kind of very close to Ireland and close to JFK where I can go home anytime I kind of want up until COVID mm. has always kind of made it just feel a bit more kind of comfortable, you know? Yeah, um, that, that's definitely one thing for people moving abroad. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've taught myself about moving statewards. And the thing is, like, sure, what, what if something's gone wrong at home? Like, if you have to go back and have, have an airport right beside you, uh, especially JFK, um, you know, that's uh, so fairly handy. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so do you head straight into Dublin when you're coming back to? I do. Generally, whenever I come home, I always go straight to Dublin because uh, I've got friends and family there as well. So usually I kill a couple of birds with one stone and yeah. stop off in Dublin for a night or two, then head down to Cork, see the folks down there. And that's uh, that's generally what the trip is, you know. And unfortunately, with COVID, I haven't been able to go home. But I'm hoping in 2021, we might be able to get a trip over myself and my girlfriend. Yeah, well, you're hoping like it's it's a rough one. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember at the start, uh, we actors on. They're saying like, "Oh well, when things are back to normal, uh, you're heading down to Ireland and hopefully sees there." Blah blah blah. Yeah. And now you're like, "Geez, are they ever gonna? Are they ever gonna get here? Can when are people gonna be able to leave their own countries again?" I know, right? It's, it's a tough one. Uh, well, it's funny you just said something there. Like when things get back to normal, I, I don't know. I don't know if things will ever actually kind of get back to normal. Um, and that's, that's I hate hearing that so much. I know, I know. But you know what? There, I think there are it's some positives true. as well, though. There's, I think there's some things that we can actually... There are some things about the old way of doing life that I kind of didn't really like. There was a bit of a rat race going on. And I think we can definitely take a few positives with us moving forward and kind of create, you know, just whatever the situation is moving forward. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, like lads washing their hands. Like, yeah, like people actually washing their hands. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's just been strange. The last six months have been kind of weird, you know? Um, I was personally hit right away with losing a job that I was really looking forward to. But uh, the fact that there were so many other people in the same situation kind of just made it feel like, okay, well, this is normal now that all these people are also out of work. And it's just, mm-hmm. I suppose we formed friendships and communities around that. And uh, it's, it's just a kind of a way of dealing with it all, you know? Mm. Yeah. Open this like, bloody vaccine, Harry's open. There's three, is there two or three of them now? Like, there, there was the Russian one, and then we heard, like, pretty pretty early on, like, that was a thing, and it was safe, but then nothing. Radar yeah. silence. Now there's, there's and then, Pfizer's and, is it Madora? In the last two Moderna, weeks, there's Moderna, Moderna, Pfizer, yeah, yeah. yeah. So 95%, 94%, you know, that's, I think one of them's even passed all the tests and just waiting for approval. Just stab it into me. I'm <laughs> fucking right here. Uh, I, like, I don't care it's, if it's Bill Gates chipping me. I don't care, please. I just want to be able to go to cinema. I, 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 know, spend- I know there's, I, there's like even this, this past, uh, even these past few weeks, it's just, it's the isolating is, is really, really kind of difficult. But uh, mm-hmm. look, at, we've got lots of things to look forward to once, hopefully yeah. once there's a vaccine, you know? Yeah. Well, <clears throat> yeah. You're hoping. I can't. <laughs> yeah, hopefully it's not too expensive. 
we're doing college from home, so we we sit at the desk here all day for oh, you know four days a week. You know, it's, it's and you just started college, right? You just kind of yeah, just first year. Yeah, so we're eight, eight weeks in. So, what are you what are you studying? Media, media yeah. marketing. You know, pretty good. Pretty fun. Pretty cool. We get to talk about social issues a lot. So, <laughs> yeah, happy days. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it definitely is a thing that some of them are kind of exaggerated to make them feel, uh, or to kind of like <clears throat> fill in uh, some course content. Right. So mm. uh, that's one thing that's been a bit weird. Um, I've always loved things to be like clear cut and most things are, but when it's overcomplicated, you're not helping anyone. Mm -hmm. So uh, that one's been a bit weird for me. Yeah. Uh, Tom's doing a bit better though. You know, fairness <laughs> to him. Well, fair play to you guys. I must say, I, I can't even imagine what it must be like taking classes online. Like that's gotta be a right pain in the arse. No, it's boring as shit. You find yeah. yourself in the phone. <laughs> Yeah, and most of them are pre-recorded, so you tell yourself you're gonna go back and watch them. But like, I'm around. I I'd say an estimated, I'm around five, good five or six weeks behind on oh, pre-recorded really? ones. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I remember one of the days uh, this week, and uh, I was getting up for, I was getting up for class, um, and then sitting at the desk, and I'm getting ready to go in, and there's a message from Thomas there, like, "Fuck it, I'm going back to sleep." <laughs> no, he, like you, you so wrecked. I, I had him up at like two o'clock in the morning the night before and just you know what fuck it uh, but like there's no motivation like yeah you know normally as a student you're yeah if you're commuting like us you know you're gonna get the bus in super crazy early you're gonna head in uh you've nothing to do for the first hour then you have your class okay now what i have three hours till the next one mm -hmm. uh go to one of the clubs you know we're not really getting the same experience so, like, yeah, it's, obviously it's, not complaining. We're COVID-free and we're safe. I know, um, but still, there's a lot to be said about that experience. There's a lot to be said about actually, you know, going into a classroom hmm. and having that one-on-one -on -one kind of conversation with people and just socializing, you know? Mm. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a great pity that we're kind of all losing out on that at the moment. I, I, like, me, me and Thomas are in the exact same course. So we're, we're very lucky. Like, we can kind of fall back on each other and have, have these conversations about the course and all. Mm -hmm. But for stop and um, for people who are going in without knowing anyone I, i'd say it's awful because they probably yeah. still don't know anyone that's got to be tough how many people have you got in your class oh uh, oh wow jesus 100 and something anyway that's wow. that's all you'd see in the lecture kind of thing and that's rough estimate no that yeah. everyone goes from that's yeah. amazing that's mad just gonna grab a drink of water oh yeah yeah excuse me oh that's fine man sure water is important for you uh, good for the skin but yeah um, no, bottle. besides being an actor um, you also are proud owner of uh, an Irish pub I was I was a proud owner of an Irish pub yeah I am um, I owned an Irish bar for about 10 years and uh, I've worked in the sorry if there's some crazy noise coming there's some construction going on outside so that they're throwing pipes around but yeah I am um, when I went to drama school in Ireland, I, I worked in bars as well to supplement all that. And uh, that's just what I did, you know. And then when I got to New York, I ended up working in a couple of bars. And there was one place I worked on on the Upper East Side here in Manhattan called Ryan's Daughter. And I um, ended up taking it over and running it for a couple of years. And then about maybe two years ago, I just decided, I kind of came to a point in my life where I was like, I, you're either going to continue running a bar for the next 20 or 30 years or you're going to 
pursue this acting career and just be a bit more serious about it. And it was around the same time as when Red Dead Redemption 2 came out. So I just decided to take the, the acting route, you know? Not bad. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, the bar business, it's, it's great. It's a great way to make a few bucks and it's very social and all. But, um, you know, it kind of, it, it tends to kind of take over your life as well. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge commitment. And especially when you get older, it just gets harder, you know? And over here, like, I'd be finishing work at like four or five o'clock in the morning didn't yep. leave an awful lot of extra time to be able to pursue my acting career and do other things, you know, and just yeah. give attention to other areas of my life. So it was time to kind of just go away from that for a while, you know? Mm. Yeah. You, you really can't be all in on one thing. No. Uh, people say they are, um, but you're damaging other aspects, mm -hmm. uh, whether that be relationships or even hobbies or so on. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's funny, you know, you you were as a you were a pub owner, mm -hmm. and you've worked in pubs your your whole life, and in a lot of your acting uh, uh, experience, you've been a bartender. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's, well, it's kind of funny how yeah. that happens. There's been a couple of TV shows, right, where I've showed up as the bartender, which is kind of nice. Um, and actually, on there was one episode of Law and Order where I play a bartender, and uh, I couldn't actually remember my audition. <laughs> I asked the director, I says, is the bartender Irish or American? And the, bar, and the director was like, well, what did you do in the audition? I'm like, I can't remember. And he's like, uh, go with the Irish guy. Just be Irish, you know? Which yeah, is I don't think it would make it too big of a difference. <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, and she, most pubs Irish in the States group. are Irish. Well, there's a lot of pubs here that are Irish, all right, but there's plenty of American bartenders around as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, what, what, what's it been like telling people you're Irish and then they say to you, yeah, I, I'm 14% Irish. Yeah, or you get that. Pulling pull weird numbers. Yeah, you get that. I mean, I think, um, I think one of the great things about Americans is like that they really do, you know, like they're, they're very patriotic and everything else, but they're also very interested in like, you know, where they're from. Um, America is still a young country. It's only a couple of hundred years old, you know, so it's, you know, you've got a lot of that where people are kind of, they really kind of cling on to where their ancestry is from and their, and it's, it's nice. It's nice to hear people kind of interested, you know, yeah. um, they're having some funny moments. So I had someone tell me once that they were Irish and that their great grandfather was from County Edinburgh or somewhere like that. So you do, you do get it. You County do get a couple of people, Edinburgh. but, uh, but you know right what? It's, it's, nice. it's a lovely little that's, place. What's that? It's right beside County Donegal. It's a lovely little place. Like, you know, it's, it's a very... lovely little place next to exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. um, but I mean, it doesn't, it, it's not something that really kind of ever bothers me that much. It's, it's nice to kind of hear that people kind of have an affinity with Ireland. Yeah. Um, I think most people have a very positive, nice kind of a uh, point of view about Ireland. And, uh, and generally it's a, it's a positive thing, you know? Yeah. Well, thankfully. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Was it our tourist population in total ends up outnumbering our, like our native population. Really? Yeah. The amount of tourists that come to Ireland every year? Yeah, that outnumbers the amount of people who actually live here. Wow. Well, I've often said as well, just in terms of the amount of people who claim to be Irish all around the world, it must be one of those, the fewer countries where there's more people who claim to be Irish living outside Ireland than yeah. actually on the island of Ireland. Yeah, you know? like genuinely. Any statistics to kind of, uh, to back that up. But um, yeah, when you spend a couple, when you spend 20 St. Patrick's Days in New York, you, 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 you Oh, they have the crazy ones. Uh, bigger yeah. than, I think the New York parade is usually well bigger than the one in Ireland, the biggest Yeah, it's it's a big deal here. Actually, it was very sad this year because it was cancelled. Literally, yeah, that's awful. it was literally like one of the first things to kind of be cancelled on the calendar. Mm. Um, 
But uh, yeah, it's, it's a huge day here. Everyone's out, everyone's enjoying themselves. And, uh, you know, for all the, I know it's everyone's out having a bit of crack and enjoying themselves and partying, but it's, uh, it's, 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 it's nice. It's always a positive reflection. You know, yeah. most people just enjoy the day for what it is. You get a few idiots causing problems, but um, yeah, I've had some stories <laughs> down the years uh, from the bar business of St. Patrick's days. <laughs> yeah, I'd say it's a bit weird. Uh, they they, they seem to have green everything. Like on St. Patrick's Day, yeah, it's just that's yeah. just Ireland green is just of a green, you know. Yeah, I've never I've awful. never served a green pint. I don't know. I think that's just they add a little bit of color or dye to the to the glass, but um. <laughs> yeah, but just yeah, green is it's it's just indicative of Ireland, you know. Yeah. yeah. Um. So, have you gotten a bit of slagging in uh, in the states for being Irish? Uh, when we have guests on, we often get the thing of potatoes and Guinness. Uh, and we we had we had actor Jamesy Burns on, mm -hmm. and yeah, he showed up with Guinness, so we we, we had some as well. <laughs> what a guy. I don't get to. I mean, I don't really get slagged. Um. I mean, it's funny because I am very Irish, obviously. I'm from Ireland. I'm from Cork and Dublin. You have a very uh, thick accent. I, I love a pretty it. thick accent. But, um, you know, when I'm in conversation with people as well, it, it tends to, you, you tend to kind of just adapt to how other people sound, I guess. Mm. Um, and no, usually, anytime I meet anybody for the first time, usually it's a very positive thing. It, they they want to kind of tell me their own experiences of what Irishness is, you know? Uh, yeah. I've had one or two people ask me, like, you know, oh my God, you must love whiskey or do you like this or that? And it's like, not really, you know, I'm, I do love Guinness. Yeah. But, uh, it's, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's a funny one. It's, it's uh, I, I, I do think, you know, we're, we're viewed in a very positive light here. Um, yeah. To be quite honest with you, I'll tell you right now. I mean, I've gotten out of tickets because of my, because of my accent. I, um, I was pulled over once <laughs> by a cop and speeding out of JFK and he pulled me over and I was in the run. And the minute he asked me for my license, he said, there you go, sir. And he's like, oh, where are you from? <laughs> I'm like, I'm from Cork. <laughs> and he's like, you know, you were doing 115 miles an hour. I'm like, I know, yeah, I own a bar inside in the city there. And uh, I have to get back because the bartender just called to tell me he was sick. And I, you know, I just, I kind of panicked for a second and put the foot down, you know, I, I, blah, blah, blah. And he handed me back my license. He's like, well, you know, you're not going to do any good if you show up dead. So very careful. <laughs> and let me off. And... To be quite honest with you, I mean, yeah, it was great for me, but it also kind of shows just it's it's partly kind of the system here, I suppose. You know, uh, it, it's it's it was beneficial for me that day, but it wasn't. Um, I was in the wrong, and that's kind of that's they're they're the experiences that I have had here as a as a white Irish man. You know, um, yeah, the, and it's not fair. It's it's not fair. Like there's a lot of other people out there who don't get the same treatment. So mm. that's one instance where I was very lucky. Because where I'm from. Yeah, I, I suppose depending where you're from and depending where you go, there mm -hmm. will be like different moments where you have the advantage of others. Uh, yeah, you know, like de definitely Irish in America, Irish in Australia. You're gonna do pretty well. Yeah, uh, you can do. Yeah, you can do all right. Yeah, it's it's there's um there's there's a great love for the community here. Like you know. Mm. Yeah, especially with people who have Irish ancestry themselves. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of that in New York, isn't there? Oh, there is. Yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's, I mean, I've often commented, I think the second most popular flag in New York after the American flag is probably the Irish one hanging outside every pub <laughs> restaurant, like, you know. Um, yeah. There is. There's just, there's just a, a, I mean, New York's a great melting pot of people from all over the world. You know, it's, it's a, that's why I love it. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a great city. 
there's people from everywhere. There's, there's massive kind of amounts of communities. Um, I actually even find just the diaspora community in general, not just the Irish, but just immigrants in general. Like, you know, we do, there is a, a great kind of um, people who kind of help each other out. I've got friends from other parts of Europe, you know, um, and we're all over here and we kind of have our own little gig, but we also have, you know, great immense amounts of like American friends and colleagues and family, you know? Yeah. Well, it is in New York is it's a, it's, it's, that's one of the things that's really great about it. That's the strength of New York is the diversity that's here. Yeah. Um, you know, in every ecosystem, diversity is a strength. So mm. absolutely is the same in a city. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, New York's been experienced, or New York is going back into like a stricter lockdown, isn't it? It is, yeah, yeah. They've announced schools are closing, I think, as of today. Um, uh, I know that the bars and restaurants have been allowed 25% capacity for the last few months, but their hours are being cut right now, Yeah, which is unfortunate. Uh, unfortunate for a lot of actors because the vast majority of actors out there work in bars and restaurants. So a lot of people in the acting community, in the theatre community here in New York, I've been kind of hit a double whammy, you know, it's first off their regular work is gone. And now for a lot of people, their side gigs are gone too. So it's really, really tough. You know, it's really yeah. bad for small businesses like that. Oh, they're fucked. Uh, small businesses are doing so. They're, they're really at the bottom of this pandemic, you know, they're the worst. Absolutely. Yeah. Like even, even in Ireland, like you think the, the small businesses are doing bad. Fucking Dublin Zoo is about to close. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah, it's, one of the, it's one of the tourist hotspots in in Ireland. Is Dublin Zoo one of the few? <laughs> one of the might we add? But like, and can't you can't you like socially distance at a zoo? Can you like stay six feet apart from you? You're told to stay six feet away from the snake cage, and from the gorillas. So can people like stay six feet apart from each other? Yeah, Have you ever been to Dublin Zoo? Uh, when I was really really young. <laughs> yeah, it is packed. I, I went there. Is there really? Summer oh, before uh, this, and it was packed. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, but actually, you know, it's a really fucking cool place. It's just like, they got they got so many things they got to pay for in there. You know, paying to keep the animals, yeah. paying to feed them. They all have unique diets. Yeah. Uh, they Certain ones need certain kinds of care. Uh, if they get sick, oh God, what kind of medicine do you, do you need for an elephant? Yeah, you know, that's true. Yeah, emergency surgery on an elephant or something like that. Yeah. All these things factor in. Uh, the cost of renting the premise, if they still rent it. That's blah, such a blah, blah, You know? So what happens to all the animals then when the zoo shuts down? Oh, they just That's the thing, out. they don't know. Let them roam. They don't know. They go off into Grafton Street and just, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of... It's kind of like a free-for-all, you know. You're you give, see you're a couple of giraffes busking. You see some giraffes busking outside Bewley's next to Hosier or something. <laughs> you're given a 30-second warning, you know. Right. The animals yeah. are going to be here. And then they just... You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Should well, line, the tigers that. get out first. <laughs> but no, it's really bad. Like... Our small businesses are down the shits as well, kind of thing, you know. It's yeah. It's the same here, man. It's the same here. The local businesses are just being hit. Um, what they actually did in New York was they actually spent a lot of money on hiring people to go and kind of snitch on bars and restaurants and things, taking photographs of people outside and stuff like that. And it's like, you know, they're not doing that. They're not doing that at the airports or at the train stations to no. see, like, you know, who are actually coming in or those people that might you know, be traveling in and out who might actually yeah. have the disease or something. We just, it's, it just seems like it's all kind of wrong. A lot of the priorities seem to be wrong, but hopefully the majority of them will survive, you know? That kind of person who goes out and is like snitching on uh, people like that, you know, I suppose in the long term it does help, but 
Good lord, I would I pity the person. Like I, I, I wouldn't want to be that kind of person. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not. I mean, I mean, a lot of bars and restaurants. I mean, they've got a responsibility to do the right thing as well. Yeah. And the vast majority of them here in New York were. I mean, people are obeying the rules. People are wearing the masks. But there's just been a lot of stories of places getting hit, like really, really, not in the nicest ways. You know, mm-hmm. um, and there's a feeling amongst people as well that the only reason they were allowed to reopen was because you know it would have cost so much in terms of insurance. You know, if the government's telling you to close down, so it's uh, it's just been really kind of tough. It's been really yeah. hard for them. Our, our pubs have been hit pretty hard. Um, I'm not a drinker myself, and neither is Thomas. But you know, like, I I think they're basically dead. <laughs> like, yeah. There's only so much you can you can be at them. Uh, you know, they were open for such a short time. Very few mm-hmm. people in. You had to order your your uh, your drink with a bit of food. I think mm-hmm. two hours max, and then just closed again. Yeah, it's just uh, it's. I don't know. I, I don't know if they've actually consulted the ra- restaurant owners and bar owners on how to actually kind of deal with the social distancing measures and everything else. It doesn't seem like they have in Ireland or here either. You know, um, they're just being kind of told this is what you have to do. These are the rules, and that's it. But uh, yeah, it's 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 really it's just really difficult, man. It's really difficult. You know. Yeah, but you know, there's light at the, at the end of the tunnel. Uh, that you have you know we know how to deal with it now Um, at the start we didn't know what to do they're treating it better we all know to wear masks there's Mm -hmm. vaccines in production and not just one there's a couple Mm -hmm. so you know but we're going to be fine they predict that by next Christmas everything will be completely back to normal Um, when I I heard that date originally Thomas told me and I got very upset Um, like next Christmas come on but you know it's going to be gradual. It's not like until like the day beforehand, it's mask, gloves, hazmat suit. It's going to be bit by bit by bit. You know, we could be yeah. like in stage one for six months uh, in terms of our lockdown and everyone just stays safe and people are getting their vaccines and we're set. But, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I mean, I think we've already learned a lot even in the last six or seven months or since yeah. last March when this started. I think we've all learned as well just as people just how to kind of deal in a time like this. And then... Um, yeah, we, we get there. We get yeah. there. We just adapt, you know, and just figure out as we get along. That's what we do. Yeah, that's what we um, do best. But yeah. Look, Michael, you've been great. You've Thanks been a million, man. It's been, a, it's it's been, been a great chat, you lads. And thank you for doing your podcast and just sharing your voices with the world, lads. Well, thanks for be, be a part of it. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> thanks again. Um, but if people want to check you out, they want to keep up with you, where can they find you? Sure, you can get me on Instagram at Mick Melanfi. Or Twitter, at Mick Melanfi as well. That's it. Nice and easy. Are, are you on Cameo? Uh, I am on Cameo, actually. Yeah, you can find me on Cameo as well, at Mick Melanfi. I think it's Mick underscore Melanfi. But uh, yeah, if you look up Sean Maguire on Cameo, then you'd probably find me. <laughs> and you'll say just about anything? I'll say just about anything, except anything political. Unless I agree with it. <laughs> do you have any, before you head on, do you have any Cameo uh, horror stories? Uh, not really. It's been pretty nice so far. I suppose the first, the very first one I ever got asked to do, I was very nervous about. And I just kind of pulled my phone out. I was down on Wall Street and just started recording. But um, no, everyone's been really, really cool and nice. Most people, it's, generally it's for birthdays and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, yeah, people don't really hit me up too much because I'm just the mad fellow who got his head blown off, you know. But, um, <laughs> but anytime I get to do them, it's always a bit of crack. And I do actually spend a bit of time planning them now and kind of scripting them and trying to make them yeah. as nice as possible for people who are receiving them you know 
So you heard it here first. Top-notch cameos from Michael Malampi. <laughs> so if you got this far into the podcast, um, make sure to like, comment, subscribe. Tell your grandma about the podcast and take it handy. Good luck to you. Brilliant.